Hey everyone, welcome back to another lesson. This lesson is on Legionnaire's disease. So what is Legionnaire's disease? Legionnaire's disease is an atypical pneumonia caused by infection with Legionella pneumophila. So Legionella pneumophila is a gram-negative bacillus bacteria, and it is a facultative intracellular pathogen. So it can get inside cells and stay there as a parasite or as an intracellular pathogen. Now, what's important with regards to Legionella pneumophila is that it can cause both community-acquired and hospital-acquired pneumonia. And the epidemiology of Legionnaire's disease is that it is estimated to cause 2-9% to of cases of community-acquired pneumonia. And it occurs more commonly in the late summer, early fall. Very key here, late summer, early fall is the season where we see Legionnaire's disease more likely to occur. And there's also a significant portion of cases that are travel-related as well. Now, what are some risk factors for actually getting this condition? One risk factor is cigarette smoking, and another one is underlying lung disease. So if you have cigarette smoking where there's some injury to the lungs or some other underlying lung disease, you're more likely to get this condition. You're at a higher risk. So again, Legionnaire's disease is an atypical pneumonia. So it's not a pneumonia that is caused by typical organisms. It's caused by the gram-negative bacteria known as Legionella pneumophila. And it's an important cause of both community-acquired and hospital-acquired pneumonia. It occurs more commonly in late summer, early fall. It can be travel-related, and risk factors for getting it include cigarette smoking and underlying lung disease. So now let's talk about the pathophysiology of Legionnaire's disease. So how is it transmitted? Very important here is that Legionella bacteria spread through aerosolized particles of water. And we'll see why this is important in a moment. So Legionella pneumophila, the bacteria that causes Legionnaire's disease, resides in large bodies of water, such as rivers and lakes. And what's important here is that it can reside more often and at higher levels in human-made bodies of water. And human-made bodies of water include the following. Water-cooled air conditioning systems, hot tubs, hot water tanks, plumbing systems, and fountains. So if these systems are not cleaned properly, they can host Legionella pneumophila bacteria, which can then spread and infect susceptible individuals. So that is why Legionella bacteria being spread through aerosolized particles of water is very important to recognize. And they occur at higher levels in human-made bodies of water, more specifically. Again, water-cooled air conditioning systems, hot tubs, hot water tanks, plumbing systems, and fountains. Now, there are different serogroups of this bacteria, but Legionella pneumophila serogroups 1, 4, and 6 cause disease in humans. Serogroup 1 is the most common. So after this bacteria has been transmitted, what is the pathophysiology? How does it cause disease? Legionella pneumophila binds to and enters respiratory epithelial cells in alveolar macrophages. So it binds and enters into respiratory epithelial cells. The lining of your respiratory tract gets into macrophages, which are your white blood cells. And then once inside those macrophages, Legionella pneumophila inhibits autophagosome lysosome fusion. You don't need to know what this is more specifically, but essentially it prevents the macrophage, the white blood cell, from destroying it, from eating the bacteria. So it gets in and it inhibits autophagosome lysosome fusion. The lysosome is where the cell, like your white blood cell, degrades compounds, degrades things like proteins. And 
where it often degrades microbes like bacteria. So because Legionella pneumophila inhibits this process, it can stay inside the cell and survive. That is why it is considered an intracellular pathogen. So what are some of the clinical features of Legionnaire's disease? There is a prodromal phase of this condition that occurs at days 2 to 14. And this phase includes headaches, fevers, which occur very frequently, and very high temperature fevers often occur. So this is a key element of Legionnaire's disease. Very high fevers, more than 40 degrees Celsius in at least half of cases. So it occurs very frequently. And these fevers may be associated with what we call Faget's or Faget's sign, which is a pulse temperature dissociation where we see high fevers and low heart rates, which is not what should happen. And then we can also see fatigue occurring in this prodromal phase as well. And ultimately it can lead to the cardinal symptoms of this condition, the pneumonia symptoms. And this includes cough, which can be either wet or dry. So it can be dry or productive, which means that it can have mucus or might not. A third of cases of Legionnaire's disease will have a cough with hemoptysis, which is coughing up blood. We can also see dyspnea, so shortness of breath, and fever. So those are those symptoms of pneumonia that we can see in this condition. So again, there's a prodromal phase, days 2 to 14, headaches, high fevers oftentimes with associated phages or phagets sign, so a pulse temperature dissociation and fatigue. And then we can also see pneumonia symptoms, cough and dyspnea, along with that fever we talked about before. Now, some other symptoms of Legionnaire's disease include gastrointestinal symptoms like diarrhea, nausea and vomiting, loss of appetite. There's some neurological symptoms as well, including headaches. We talked about this before. Confusion can occur. And there can even be impaired cognition. So patients can have issues with focusing their attention. There can be ataxia, seizures, and even obtundation. So they can essentially be in a coma-like state. So again, other symptoms include gastrointestinal symptoms, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, loss of appetite, and neurological symptoms. Along with that headache we talked about before, there's confusion, impaired cognition, ataxia, seizures, and obtundation can even occur as well. So how is this condition diagnosed and treated? So diagnosis of Legionnaire's disease is often done by a urinary antigen test. It detects a lipopolysaccharide from the Legionella bacteria. So lipopolysaccharide is on the membrane of the Legionella bacteria, and it's excreted in the urine. So urinary antigen test can detect this lipopolysaccharide. PCR, so polymerase chain reaction, can also be performed to diagnose this condition, so to detect the bacteria. And PCR can be performed on sputum or during a bronchoalveolar lavage. And then sputum culture may also be performed as well. But the one I want you to remember here is urinary antigen test. And then chest x-ray, because this is pneumonia, we're going to see consolidations, and consolidations specifically at the base of the lungs. And then once this is diagnosed, how do clinicians treat Legionnaire's disease? So treatment involves levofloxacin or azithromycin for at least five days. And then in some cases, doxycycline may be used as well, although there are some doxycycline-resistant cases. So again, diagnosis often occurs most often by a urinary antigen test, but diagnosis can occur with PCR on sputum or during a bronchoalveolar lavage. 
sputum culture can be performed and a chest x-ray is often performed anyways if pneumonia is suspected and we'll see consolidation at the base of the lungs. And then treatment is by the antibiotics levofloxacin or azithromycin for at least five days. And in some cases, doxycycline may be used. So if you want to learn more about other infectious diseases, please check out my infectious disease playlist. And if you haven't already, please consider liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell to help support the channel and stay up to date on future lessons. Thanks so much for watching and I hope to see you next time.